War is a great leveller. It shows the man as he really is, not as he would like to be, nor as he would like you to think he is. It shows him stripped with his greatness mixed with his pathetic fears and weaknesses. And though there were disappointments, they were more than cancelled out by the pleasant surprise of the little men who suddenly became larger than life. I have a creed born out of war, which is never to give a man a second chance. It may sound hard, but I have found that the man who lets you down once will infallibly do it again. This was Adrian Carton D. Wyatt, and this is the good, the bad, and the pure evil. Adrian was born May 5th, 1880, in Brussels, to an aristocratic family. His father was Leon Constant Gazelle Carton D. Wyatt, and his mother was Ernestine Weinsing. Although there is a rumour Adrian was an Ill illegitimate son of King Leopold II of the Belgians. His early life would be in Belgium and England. At age six, his mother died, and this had his father move the family to Cairo. Here, Adrian's father practised at Egypt's mixed courts. Biographers put his mother's death in 1886. This year, though, would also have his parents divorce and his mother remarry. His father was a lawyer at the magistrate and a director of the Cairo Electric Railways. He always was very well connected to the Egyptian government. His father also remarried and in 1891, Adrian's stepmother sent him to boarding school in England. Adrian would leave college to join the army around 1899. He entered the army under a fake name, Trooper Carton. He also falsified his age to be 25 instead of 20. Adrian entered the Second Boer War in South Africa, but was wounded in the stomach and groin early on and was sent home. When he came back, his father found out that he dropped his studies, which had him furious. But he did allow Adrian to stay in the army. Adrian continued his studies for a while until he was commissioned in the 2nd Imperial Light Horse. He was back in action in South Africa. On September 14, 1901, he got regular commissions as 2nd Lieutenant in the 4th Dragoon Guards, which was a cavalry regiment in the British Army. In 1902, Adrian was transferred to India. In his spare time, Adrian enjoyed sports, especially shooting and a sport called pig sticking, which is hunting of wild boars, sometimes feral pigs. When wounded in the Boer War, Adrian didn't want to become weak. He wanted to become stronger from it. So he ran, jogged, walked and played sports. He was said to be delightful in manner with an extreme foul mouth. July 16, 1904, his regiment was sent back to South Africa and he was promoted to supernumerary lieutenant. By July 1905, he was appointed an aide-de-camp, also known as personal assistant, to Sir Henry Hildyard, a commander-in-chief. 
This time of his life he was said to be his heyday. By 1907, Adrian had served eight years in the British Army, but was still thought to be Belgium. So, September 13, 1907, he took the oath of allegiance to Edward VII and formally became British. In 1908, he married Countess Frederique Maria Caroline Henriette Rosa Sabina Franziska Vuger von Bobbenhausen who was the eldest daughter of Karl V, first von Wuger Babelhausen, and Princess Eleanor zu Hoyhello Bartelsen und Jägesberg of Klagenfurt, Austria. Adrian Countess had two daughters, one called Anita, and she would be the grandmother of the war correspondent Anthony Lloyd. Adrian is already connected to Europe's elite. He traveled throughout Europe, shooting at country estates in Bohemia, Austria, Hungary and Bavaria. In England, he would be part of the largest fox huntings, Duke of Beaufort Hunt. February 1910, Adrian was promoted to captain. World War I broke out and Adrian was heading for British Somaliland, where a low-level war was happening against followers of Mohammed bin Adabla or Mad Muller, as the British called him. Here, Adrian would be second to the Somalia Colonel Corp. During an attack at the enemy fort at Shimbaris, Adrian was shot twice in the face, losing his eye and part of his ear. He was awarded the Distinguished Service Order on May 15, 1915. February 1915, Adrian headed to France on a steamer. He took part in combat on the Western Front. He commanded three infantry battalions and a brigade. Here he was wounded seven more times, losing his left hand in 1915 and pulling off his fingers when doctors refused to amputate. At the Battle of Smoy, he was shot through the skull and ankle. At the Battle of Pachendel, he was shot through the hip. At Cabri, he was shot through the leg and at Arras, shot through the ear. He was sent to Sir Douglas Shields nursing home to recover. March 1916, Adrian was promoted to temporary to major. By July 18th, he got the rank of temporary lieutenant colonel, then to major in January 1917. By January 12th, 1917, he was promoted to temporary brigadier general. In April 1917, he was appointed Officer of the Order of the Crown of Belgium. June 3rd, 1917, he was promoted to Lieutenant Colonel. On July 18th, he was promoted to substantive rank of Major in the Dragoon Guards. He was awarded the Belgian Cross on Mar in of War in March 1918 and was appointed Companion of the Order of St. Michael and St. George. November 8, just three days before the war ended, Adrian was given command of a brigade with the rank of temporary brigadier general. Descriptions of Adrian's arrival said, quote, Cold shivers went down the backs of everyone in the brigade, for he had an unsuppressed record as a fire eater, missing no chance of throwing the men under his command into whatever fighting happened to be going on, end quote. Adrian appeared on horse with his hat tilted and a shade over where his eye used to be. 
he was missing two limbs and had 11 wound stripes. Despite all, only having one eye, he was able to point out small details such as incorrect bootlaces. Adrian was awarded the Victoria Cross, the highest award in combat, that is awarded to British Empire forces. He received this in 1916. At the end of the war, Adrian was sent to Poland as second in command at the British Poland military mission. In 1919, he was appointed Companion of the Order of the Bat. Poland was in a bad way and desperately needed help. Poland was engaged in four wars, Polish-Soviet War, Polish-Ukrainian War, Polish-Lithuanian War and Czech-Polish border conflicts. Hitting Poland, Adrian's first task was to make peace with the Ukrainian nationalists. The Ukrainians were besieging the city of Lau. The discussion with Adrian and them didn't work out well. Adrian went to Paris to report the Polish conditions to David Lloyd George, the British Prime Minister, and to General Sir Henry Wilson. Adrian would try to gather sympathy for Poland, but the British Prime Minister wasn't too fussed, and said pretty much zero military supplies. Adrian went back to Poland and on to the Bolshevik zone, which was where a really bad situation was happening that was threatening Warsaw. Nutius Cardinal Ralti called upon Adrian to know whether or not to evacuate the diplomatic corps from Warsaw. From there, talks the diplomats were moved to Poznan, but Italians remained in Warsaw with Ralti. From all this, Adrian felt for the Poles and supported their claims to the East Galicia. This caused friction at his next meeting with Lloyd George. Adrian was close to the Polish leader Pilsudski. He would be in a plane crash that had him in Lithuanian captiv captivity for a while. After this, he went back to England reporting to the Secretary of the State for War, Churchill. Adrian had a message from Pilsudski to Churchill about the White Russian offensive on the General Deniki, and it would fail, which it did shortly after. Churchill would be sympathetic and send some material to Poland. July 27, 1920, Adrian was appointed to aide de camp to the king and promoted to colonel. In August 1920, the Red Army was at the gates of Warsaw. Adrian would go out on his observation train. A group of Red Cavalry attacked the train. Adrian fought them off from the footplate of the train with a revolver. At one point, Adrian fell onto the tracks, but quickly reboarded. When Poland won the war, the British military mission was done. Adrian was promoted to temporary brigadier general and to local rank major general. December 19, 1923, Adrian would officially retire from the army with the impressive rank of major general. Adrian would be aide de camp to Prince Karl Mikolaja Razvil. Prince inherited 500,000 acre estate in East Poland from her uncle after communists killed him. Adrian became good friends with the prince and he gave Adrian use of an estate called Prosti, which was in the Perpet Marshes, an area bigger than Ireland that was surrounded by forest and water. Here Adrian spent the rest of his interior years. Adrian had almost 15 years of this beautiful life before war loomed again. 
July 1939, he was called again appointed to his old job as head of the British military mission to Poland. September 1st, Poland was attacked by the Nazi Germany. September 17, Poland was hit from the east by Soviets, allied with Germany. Soon, Soviets took over the area where Adrian was. He had left, but the Soviets took his guns, clothes and furniture. They stored them at the Minsk Museum. Later, the Germans destroyed all of them. Adrian would never see this area again. Adrian met with Polish Commander-in-Chief Schmigli in late August 1939. Adrian wasn't very impressed with him. Adrian urged Schmigli to have Polish forces come back beyond the Fitzula River, but he was ignored. He would go to advise her Polish, Polish fleet to leave the Baltic Sea. This was strongly argued against, but finally was done. The fleet would make a big impact helping the Allied cause. With the Polish fight weakening, Adrian evacuated from his mission in Warsaw with the Polish government. Adrian and Smigli made their way to the Romanian border with Germans and Soviets hot on their heels. The Luftwaffe attacked his car convoy. Adrian's wife and an aide were killed. In Romania, he ran the risk of being arrested. So on September 21st, he used a fake passport and got out. That same day, the pro-allied Romanian Prime Minister was assassinated. Autumn 1939, he would be recalled to a special appointment. Adrian took back the rank of Colonel. November 28, he would be granted Acting Major General. He would do a short stint in command of the 61st Division, and then in April 1940, he was called to take charge of a quick, put-together Anglo-French forced to occupy Namsus, a small town in Norway. He was ordered to take the city of Trondheim along with a naval attack at Aldersund. He flew to Namsus to look over the area before the troops arrived. But when his transport landed it was attacked by German fighters. His aide was wounded and Adrian evacuated. When French Alpine troops came the Luftwaffe bombed and destroyed Namsus. Despite this, Adrian was able to move his forces over the mountains and down to Tromhelm's fort. But it wasn't over yet, as here the German destroyers shelled them and they had nothing to challenge the German ships. It was becoming apparent this mission was failing. The troops were exposed with no guns, no transport, no air cover and no skis in nearly two feet of snow. The German troops had skis, machine guns, bombing from the air and landing troops from behind. Adrian called for withdrawal, but was ordered due to political reasons to stand firm. Finally, after orders and then counter orders from London, evacuation happened. But when the day came to evacuate, there wasn't a ship to be seen. The next night, naval forces appeared led through fog by Lord Louis Batamon, uncle to Prince Philip. They were successfully evacuated amongst heavy attacks by the Germans, sinking two destroyers. Adrian arrived home May 5th, 1940, which was his 60th birthday, and was held at the British naval base of Scapa Flow. Adrian was posted back to command 61st Division, and then was moved to Northern Ireland as a defence against invasion. But when Lieutenant General Sir Henry Parnell arrived, 
Adrian was told he was too old to command the division and actual act, act of duty. November 28, 1940, Adrian became temporary Major General. He remained inactive for a while and was then appointed head of British Yugoslavia military mission on April 5, 1941. Hitler was preparing to invade the country and the Yugoslavs were asking for the British to help. Adrian travelled to Serbia to try and negotiate with the Yugoslavia government. His vicar's Wellington bomber had to be refueled at Malta, then left for Cairo. Engines failed over the Italian-controlled Libya and the plane crashed into the sea, just a mile from land. Adrian was knocked out but quickly woke when the cold water hit him. The plane broke up and sank. Adrian and those on board swam to shore. They were all captured by Italian authorities. Adrian was a very valuable prisoner. He would be held for four months at Samola and then moved to a special prison as Castello di Virginzi Galata. Adrian would be friendly to other prisoners and was said to be really nice and superbly outspoken. He and three others were determined to escape. Adrian tried five times, including tunneling for seven months. One time he went eight days before being caught. He pretended to be a homeless person. He was in Northern Italy, didn't speak Italian, but fooled them by being 60 with an eye patch, missing arm and covered in scars. So after being caught, he was brought back to prison and then out of nowhere, he's taken from prison in August 1943 and driven to Rome. The Italian government wanted out of the war. They had plans and place to leave and wanted Adrian to get word to the British for a peace treaty. From this plan, Adrian and Italian General Sanassu, a negotiator, went to Lisbon to meet allies to talk surrender. To keep this quiet, Adrian had to appear as a civilian. Reaching Lisbon, Adrian was released and headed to England to get him there on August 28, 1943. Adrian was only back a month when he was called to spend the night at the Prime Minister's country home. Here, Churchill informed Adrian he was to be sent to China as his personal representative. October 9th, he was now acting Lieutenant General, and October 18th, 1943, he left for India. Anglo-Chinese relations weren't great from World War II. A call to end British extraterritorial rights in China would come along with Hong Kong being given back, neither of which sat well with Churchill. Early 1942, Churchill was forced to ask Chiang Kai-shek, Chinese national politician, for help by sending Chinese troops to help British troops in Burma against the Japanese. After the Japanese conquest of Burma, the ex-force of five Chinese divisions ended up in East India. Churchill was not happy with this as it would weaken the prestige of the Raj. So in an effort to improve relations with China, Churchill felt a soldier like Adrian would be the best option as a personal representative in China. Adrian would stay in India while waiting on accommodation in China to be ready. In India, he gained a better understanding of the situation in China. He was briefed by a Taipan and head of the Great China Trading Empire. Before going to China, he attended the 1943 Cairo Conference organized by Churchill, President Roosevelt and Chinese General Chai Kan-shek. While in Cairo, 
he became friendly with Hermione, Countess of Aranfurly, who was a wife of a friend from when he was a prisoner of war. Adrian was one of the few to work with General Joseph Stilwell. Early December 1943, Adrian arrived at headquarters of the National Chinese Government, Qingqing. For three years, he was involved in reporting diplomatic and administrative duties. Adrian was in awe of the Chinese people, their hard work in nature, and how cheerful they were doing it. He often flew to India to keep British officials up to date. October 9, 1944, Adrian was promoted to temporary lieutenant general and then to war substantive rank of major general. In December 1944, he managed to return home to update the war cabinet on the Chinese situation. He was appointed Knight Commander of the Order of the British Empire in 1945. Clement Attler would be become head of the Labour government June 1945 and he would ask Adrian to remain in China. Adrian was assigned to the Tour de Burma front. He met Admiral Sir James Somerville. After this, Adrian was taken on the battleship HMS Queen Elizabeth for the bombardment of the East Indies 1945. This included air battles between Japan and Britain carrier aircrafts. Adrian mainly reported on the power of the Chinese communists. After the Japanese surrendered August 1945, Adrian flew to Singapore to take part in the formal surrender. He visited Peking and moved to Nanking. Turning 66, he was ready to step down and retire once and for all. October 1947, he retired with honorary rank of Lieutenant General. Heading home, Adrian in Ragoon as a, great, as a guest of the army commander. He was coming down the stairs and slipped. The fall broke several vertebrae and he also was knocked out cold. He was admitted to the local hospital for treatment. His first wife died in 1949, but in 1951 he remarried Ruth Myrtle Merrill Joan McClinchy, a divorcee known as Joan Sutherland. They settled in Kilinadris, County Cork, Ireland. Adrian Carson D. Wyatt died June 5, 1963, aged 83. Thank you all for listening. Next time we'll be looking at the Great Plague of London, lasting from 1665 to 1666, and was the last major epidemic of the bubonic plague to happen in England. The Great Plague killed about 100,000 people, nearly one quarter of London's population in just 18 months. Until then, this was the good, the bad and the pure evil.